Dr. John Finn is a writer. He is a high-performance psychology expert. He is the founder of Tougher Minds. He is the author of The Habit Mechanic, and he is helping countless people to improve their lives, and many more have awesome careers. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, George. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Tell us a little about your personal life, more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, I've I've worked in the fields of resilience, performance psychology, leadership for over 20 years now. Um, as a younger man, I was always good at playing sports, so I got advice to go to university and study something I enjoyed. So I ended up studying sports science. I really enjoyed the psychology, so I did a master's in that and then eventually a PhD. Um, and my mission is to make it as easy as possible for people to be at their best, but using cutting in, in cutting edge insights from neuroscience. Because what I learned very quickly is that what I got taught in my degrees didn't really work in the field. So helping people to know what they need to do to be at their best doesn't actually help them to do it because we don't do what we what we know we should do. Um, we do what we're in the habit of doing is what cutting edge insights from neuroscience have shown is that most of what I think in most of the time, most of what we do most of the time is mindless. So often that's a hundred percent. We're just running completely on autopilot and at our best, we have about 2% of consciousness. So what I've been working out over the last 20 years is how do we help people to reprogram their brains so they can automate better thinking and better doing. And I pulled all that thinking together in the habit mechanic book, which we, released about 18 months ago. It took me over 20 years to write, and it literally is our playbook, how we teach people how to rewire their brains, but not just individually. Once you learn how to become a habit mechanic, we then teach you how to become a chief habit mechanic so you can create cultures that make it really easy for people to to build and change their behavior. So that's a, li- a little bit about me and my background. What about the personal life, John? Personal life, well, I work an awful lot, so you know I don't have much of a personal life, to be honest with you. I'm very passionate about work, and um, yeah, so that's what I do. Excellent. All right, so at best, 2% of the time we're conscious? Tell me a little bit at more best. about that. Our brain is designed to save energy. So for most of our existence as homo sapiens, energy has been a really scarce resource. There hasn't always been a supermarket on the corner. So we, we've evolved to save energy. This is why we, for example, like to um, procrastinate on things and give in to short-term gratification because our brain wants to um, only expend energy on things that give it fast rewards. It's also why the donut is more attractive than the apple because our brain instinctively knows there's more calories in that donut. And for every bite that we invest in, every bite of energy outlay that we invest, we know we're going to get more back from the donut. So the 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 most efficient, energy efficient way to run things is to habitualize them, is just to put things on autopilot. So that's what we've learned is how our brain actually runs. So this idea, for example, that um, if I say to you, don't think of a white elephant it's already in your brain. You don't have to think about it. It's completely subconscious. Um, 
and so it's quite hard because we are so automated, it's quite hard for us to actually understand how automated we are. We have this veil of um, idea that we are conscious and we're making these conscious decisions all the time. Yet science shows time and time again, we're largely running on autopilot and we spend more time rationalizing why we did what we did rather than logically thinking about it at the time. And what I'm seeing in the post-COVID world is that um, it's harder and harder to actually get that prefrontal cortex working, which is where the conscious stuff's happening. We we imagine it's run by a little character called Wilhelmina Power or Willpower, just because we're being bombarded and it's almost like we've been catapulted into these perpetual transitional states where nothing is feels certain anymore in our lives. So even the very simple things like, can I afford to pay the mortgage this month? Can we afford to put food on the table? Um, is there going to be another traumatic weather event? We've we've had one serious war going on over the last 12 months. Now we've got another serious world conflict going on. Are the kids going back to school? Are they settling back in after the, after COVID? Are we going to stay hybrid work? Are we going to go back to the office full-time? So it's just even banking, you know, simple things like going to the bank are changing. We now do it digitally. And so it's all this, every kind of certain thing that we had in our life is changing and that creates stress and problems. And it just means that our conscious brain works less well. So we get habitualized more easily to do unhelpful things. So we worry more often. We eat the wrong types of food. We don't sleep as well. Um, people are not exercising as much after the pandemic because they don't even have to leave the house anymore. These really basic things where we live in a digital world where we're being bombarded all the time by messaging from big corporates that are trying to sell us stuff, that are trying to get our attention. So I would argue that it's harder than ever before in the existence of, of our species to be healthy, happy, and at our best because it's harder than ever to build and sustain Helpful habits. Which all, for lack of a better term, checks out because if you look across the broad swath of humanity, we're not doing well from a physical health, mental health, financial health standpoint. So, yeah. And if you look at the US, um, you got the latest data that I read came out of the Brookings Institute earlier this year showed that 58 million American adults have been diagnosed with a mental health disorder. In the UK, we have, um, we're a much smaller country, but we've got one and a half million people signed off on the sick whose primary or secondary diagnosis for that is anxiety and depression. We're seeing projections that dementia is going to double in the UK in the next 15 years. We're seeing projections in the next 15 years there's going to be an well. There's going to be thirty nine an extra thirty nine percent of our workforce that have got diagnosis for long term health problems. That includes anxiety and depression. That's now sort of moving up the the charts, if you like, alongside cancer. So we've it's harder than ever to be at our best. The challenge that I see as someone who's worked in this field all my life is the tools that are out there that are, that are meant to help people to do better. They don't work because they're all based on knowledge, more knowledge, tips, tricks, hacks. So it's the equivalent of 
and, and we got some medicine as well we can take. But if I tear my calf, I might take an ibuprofen and that dumbs down the pain a little bit. If I'm not feeling very well, if I'm a bit anxious and I'm worrying a lot, I might take a Prozac tablet and that might just quieten things down a little bit. If I tear my calf, I can go to the physiotherapist and they can get their fingers in there and they can start to work out the scar tissue. When you go to a therapist or um, a psychologist, they can't do that. And what they end up doing is giving you more knowledge about what you might need to do differently in order to worry less and be less anxious. And even if you agree with those ideas, typically you don't go away and change your behaviour. So we need to move to a model where we're understanding that it's not more knowledge and more skills. It's actually helping people to build better habits. We see it with uh, the five portions of fruit and vegetables a day messaging. More people in the Western world than ever before understand and actually agree it's a good idea to eat five portions of fruit and vegetables a day, but people still don't do it. And in our in the UK, our National Health Service still spends over half its annual budget the National Health Service is the biggest company in Europe. We're talking tens and tens of billions of pounds on diseases that emerge because people literally don't eat five portions of fruit and vegetables a day. Because if they did, the illnesses they get, they, they wouldn't get the illnesses and diseases that they're getting. So we need to move away from knowing and actually helping people to build better habits, hence the habit mechanic. And that's the work that I've dedicated my life to. Um and what we're doing. So we've spent the last 20 years working out how to help people to actually do this, take the science and embed it into their lives in a simple, practical way. So what we've done with the book is we've actually just created a resource that everybody can use. So it's a, it's a toolkit for success. It's a manual for life. We have an app as well, the Habit Mechanic University. And we actually have started training people to become certified Habit Mechanic coaches so that they can embed this into the work they're doing to help other people. So that's back to my mission. It's to make it as easy as possible for people to be at their best. So I really just want to help people to use these, these tried and tested tools now. I appreciate that. Appreciate everything you, you said. It makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it's thousands and thousands of years. It's our DNA. It's, it's everything. And <laughs> And you've somehow made a way to make it simple and practical. That couldn't have been easy to to take all that information and then make it actually a usable tool. Yeah, so we've we've had to try and test the idea with lots and lots of people, but we've done it across the lifespan as well. So we've got programs for young people at school all the way through to you know C-suite running some of the biggest businesses in the world. But when you strip back everything that we're designed to do. So if you look at, um, if you speak to the the anthropologists and the, the molecular neuroscientists, they'll say, well, actually, when we look at human biology and what our architecture is designed for, we're really designed to move around about 12 miles a day and solve problems. Problems, first of all, related to survival, which makes a lot of sense. So that's what we look like we're designed to do. Obviously, our modern lives look very different to that in terms of we don't move anywhere near as much as that. Um, but the way that I would think about it is actually we're designed, we're designed to survive. That's why our brain f fundamentally saves energy because without energy, you can't survive. That's why it's wired to save energy. 
but I would say we're designed to try to control how we feel and to control our environments. And we're doing that mindlessly all the time. And this is why um, social media has taken off because it by pre- by pressing a button on social media, um, we can make ourselves feel better. We now have access to lots of food that's really unhealthy, but makes us feel good in the short term. And we've seen the rise again from... Um, so I, when I was a teenager, I worked in McDonald's. And actually back then, there was the odd taxi service that would come, the a cab would come and pick up some food for someone. You know, we're talking 25 plus years ago. But now if I want a McDonald's, I can literally press a few buttons on my phone and I can get it. So what we've got is the big corporates have worked out what humans are designed to do and they've flooded our attention streams with these things. Even the news has done this. So even very reputable news sites like the BBC have worked out what we want to pay attention to and it's the new worrying, threatening story. So it's Ukraine, it's Israel and we're just bombarded by that stuff on the front page of that website more than is helpful because those guys are held, being held accountable by their bosses for how many eyeballs are we getting on the front page of the of the news homepage every day. So big corporates have worked out what humans are designed to do and they are bombarding us with things. I, I interestingly noticed last week that um, I think 33 states in the US are taking Meta to court for essentially child abuse because they're saying they've deliberately gone out and actually hooked children in and it's negatively affected their mental health. So people are starting to get wise to this now, but we're still addicted to those behaviours. So it's a real battle. So if we want to do better, the first thing that we need to do is actually understand ourselves in more detail and how our brain works at a gist level and what we're designed to do. And that's going to be really helpful in helping us to change our behaviour. So what we've boiled things down to is we know that some habits are more powerful than others. We call them we call the, the helpful habits that are more powerful than others super habits. And we call the unhelpful habits that are more powerful than others destructive habits. And we know that if we can start to identify some of these destructive habits in our lives and also start to identify and build more super habits, that's the key actually to success. And we've boiled down a process so that within five minutes, you can start to build new super habits. Because we are, we don't just use the neuroscience in our work about how our brain works. We actually use behavioral science about why we do what, what we do. And we've created our own proprietary behavioral science model. And we've boiled that down into a five-minute habit building plan. So whichever behavior you want to change, you can use that planning process um, it literally just takes five minutes to start to change. So if you want to build better stress, manage, stress, stress management habits, you can use that process. Better sleep, diet, and exercise habits, you can use that process. Better focus and productivity habits, better performing under pressure habits, better confidence habits, equally better leadership habits, better teamwork habits. So it's about helping people to not just have tips, tricks, and hacks, it's about helping them to understand how to build and sustain helpful behaviours. Um, we call them habits, helpful super habits and destroy destructive habits. So literally helping people to reprogram their brains, but not just for the next five minutes, but 
for the long-term future as well. Yeah, so that's what we do, George. What if uh, what if everybody if everybody just spent five minutes a day on this? How how quickly would these problems change from your estimation? Mental health problems, obesity. Yeah, massive, absolutely massive. It's interesting. Um, at the start of the year, there was a big set of data that came out from some research about people with depression. And there were two intervention groups. One intervention group was CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is seen as the gold standard um, therapy in psychology. That's the, the models that I got taught on through my three degrees. The other intervention was just do something nice for someone else every day. That's all you need to do. Just do one nice thing for somebody else every day. Could be saying something nice to them or you know, physically doing something nice. The group that just did something nice every day had a hugely uh, improved impact on their depression versus the people that were in CBT interventions. Why? Because those people were doing something differently, and that is the key. But managing stress, being more focused and productive, eating more healthily, sleeping better, being a better leader, they're complex behaviours. So what we need is we need to understand the knowledge and the skills that sit behind doing the things differently, but then we need the tools to put it into practice. And that's literally what we map out in the Habit Mechanic book and our approach. It's what we teach our coaches how to do. But yeah, so we know that if you just if I just spend five minutes every day creating what we call a willpower story, that saves me at least two or three hours every day. And I know what I'm doing. And if I don't do that, I, I'm just not as efficient and effective. So we see that people that use the, this toolkit, even the people that are already doing pretty well, they can do an, an extra 20 hours of what we call high-impact work per month. So that's like an extra hour each working day. And high-impact work is the kind of clever, creative work you do at work. So it's you know when you're really focused, we call it building eye sculptures, but it's also the work that you're able to do on yourself. So you can get yourself out and do the difficult run or make yourself a healthy meal or get to bed a little, a little bit earlier. That's people that are already doing well. The people that are not doing particularly well, they'll know they're on the other end of the continuum. We see that they can do upwards of an extra 80 hours of high impact work on themselves wow. um, each month. So it's seismically different because doing that focused, clever, high-impact work is harder than ever to do. We have a model called the, the brain states model. So in very simple terms, we think about the brain is a bit like a battery. It's only got so much charge in every 24-hour periods and in the period, and in and it's got three broad states that, that it operates in. We've got the recharge state, where we're sleeping or relaxing or switching off. We've got the medium charge state where we're doing fairly automatic, mindless tasks, both at work but outside of work. And we've got the high charge brain state where we're really focused, we're really switching on that 2% of, of the brain function. And the trouble we find is that in the world we live in, it's harder than ever to do the recharge because we're always on. The temptation is to always be on always streaming, always checking, always posting. 
So we do too much medium charge brain state work. We can't get enough recharge done. And because of that, we can't get into the high charge brain states. Now the trouble is, is that AI is coming along and AI is going to do all the medium charge work. It's going to be far more efficient at doing medium charge work than humans are. I've just written an article for this about Forbes, uh, for Forbes rather. And um, the what what AI isn't very good at doing is the high charge work. So if we want to feel good about ourselves, if we want to get to the end of the day, making uh, feeling like we've made some progress, get to the end of the week, what we need to do is strike a much better balance between those three um, brain states. Now, the high-charge brain state is a, is a scarce cognitive resource. At our best, we can only get into that brain state for about four or five hours each day. So we need to build our super habits up to allow us every day just to get into that high-charge brain state so we can do really focused, clever, high-impact work on ourselves, but also for our business or for, for whatever we want to do, you know, for our kids or whatever it is. And for me, that is the key. And it's also the key to being ha- to be happy because we've been led to believe that happiness is about hedonism. It's about doing things that make you feel good in the short term. That's important for happiness. But what's more important, but also more difficult to do, is to feel like you're making personal progress, is to delay short-term gratification, do something difficult and challenging, and then get the big reward out of it. That could be losing some weight. It could be um, running a faster time. It could be finishing a really challenging project or making progress on a project. It could be helping your child to improve their performance in one of their academic subjects. That all takes that high-charge brain state, which is harder than ever to get into. And that's what becoming a habit mechanic is really about. It's about getting a better balance between those three brain states and unlocking what we call the 25-hour brain, which is being able to get into that high-charge brain state about five hours, five days a week. Hmm. And that is when you're going to be on fire. I love it. Like, it's really powerful. And it's exciting that I think that the lives that we really want are closer than we think. We just need to be able to access them the correct way and have mechanic is the way to do that so thank you so much for coming on where can people learn more about you how can they engage um where can they learn about habit mechanic university where can they get their copy of the habit mechanic yeah so if you go to our website which is tougherminds.co.uk and i'm sure that will be linked beneath in the show notes you can find the habit mechanic book on amazon and all um online good online bookstores the Habit Mechanic University app is in the Apple App Store and it's in the Google Play Store. And you can learn more about the book and the app and other things on our website. Uh, right now on our website, we have a, a short, um, free mini masterclass on stress and the three secrets to destroying your stress in as little as two minutes per day. So loads of free content on the website. So it's worth checking out. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show John your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to tougherminds.co.uk and check out the great resources that John's been talking about. Take advantage of that um, destroyed stress masterclass mini course. Um, Go to the App Store, the Google Play Store, and check out the Habit Mechanic University app and then pick up your copy of the Habit Mechanic 
mechanic on Amazon. And I will, to John's point, link all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, John. Thank you, George. Very much appreciated. Till next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.